Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller. This is a pro wrestling show, and I appreciate you joining me today. I hope my voice finds you well, and I hope my voice finds you happy. It is another week in the crazy world of professional wrestling. I mean, since we last did a podcast, there's been reports that Ronda Rousey was taken to one side and told, look, Ronda, we're trying to uh, book you as a babyface. Maybe you want to be a little bit happier, which did come across on SmackDown, which was very, very nice. We've got a load of hints that Jeff Hardy may be going to AEW. We'll talk about that in one second. Apparently, Bron Breaker versus Dolph Ziggler is the next program for the NXT Championship. There's been a ton of other stuff that we will get to uh, in due course, like I say. But the first thing I wanted to talk about was, if you are listening to this on Tuesday, the 8th of February, when it drops tomorrow night on AEW Dynamite, we have a brand new signing and we have, well, a debutante. And who the hell this is, nobody knows because Tony Khan's tweet is kind of separated people down the middle but what i will say is this a lot of people are remembering when uh christian came in right and everyone went really really crazy and everyone got really really upset because he didn't match their expectations which they have inflated through the roof even though i thought it was awesome so just remember that you know before you go too crazy about this and there's a ton of good people that it could be and like i say we'll talk about that in just one second but i think it's always a it's important to approach these things with a well, just with a smart head on your shoulders, because of course Tony Khan should promote it. He's a promoter. That's his whole job. And whoever he does have, to him, I'm sure he totally believes it. Like, just go listen to him talk about Christian. He was over the moon to get that signing. It just sums up Christian. No one ever gives him the respect that he deserves. But you get some crazy names. Oh, it's going to be Shane McMahon, or it's going to be Triple H. Now, do I think it's going to be either of these two? No. Do I think you should be able to chat about it? Yes. I think one of the saddest things about wrestling fandom these days is if you go on social media and say something that's a little bit outlandish, you get shot down. I'm like, well, that's not very fair. That's the that's half the fun of being a follower, is that you can say these crazy things and we fantasy book and we're like, what's going to happen here? What's going to happen there? What's the point in sort of just going, oh, well, it's going to be like, the most obvious choice? That's dull. Like you want to you be over the top with it. But I mean, I don't think it's going to be Shane McMahon because for the same reason, I don't think it's going to be Triple H because that's not just about money or business. That's about family. And don't forget, Triple H is married to Stephanie McMahon. His uh, his uh, children, his daughters, their grandfather is Vince McMahon. And he probably just thinks to himself, it's not worth it. Now, from our vantage point, when we're just getting excited about somebody potentially walking through the forbidden door, sure, that would be the craziest thing ever. But from your personal life, it would be absolutely terrible. Or at least I think so. I mean, who the hell knows? So that kind of brings us into the realm of people that are available. One of which, of course, is Bray Wyatt. Do I think it's going to be Bray Wyatt? No, I don't. It certainly seems like he's off there doing films, although he has uploaded a bunch of teases. But I think it's been so long since we've kind of seen him in the wrestling world. The fact that Tony Khan and his tweet used the Forbidden Door, you'd be like, well, it doesn't really feel like the Forbidden Door massively. It kind of just feels like you went and got an awesome free agent, which is still pretty cool. And I actually think Bray Wyatt would be met with uh, with joy across the internet. 
You also have a Keith Lee, which I think is probably the guy that is top of the tree right now. I think that would be exciting. I think that would be awesome. Uh, he wasn't treated on the main roster right at all. You could argue that he was a little bit, had his legs cut off from him down in NXT too, because WWE as a whole does have a specific way of treating a big man. And if you've ever seen Keith Lee on the indie scene, you know that he flies around the place like a crazy person. And I don't know whether he can still do that now, because obviously he had his health issues, and I really do hope he's okay. Also married Mia Yim the other day, which is very nice, so congratulations to them. But I think Keith Lee coming in, in a, I think they're, they're fighting Isaiah Cassidy, whoever is debuting, uh, to get a spot in the face of the Revolution ladder match. But I know that I'd pop big for Keith Lee, especially if he went in there and had, a, had an awesome match with Isaiah Cassidy, which he absolutely could do. And he's my choice, as we are here. But there's more, too. It could be a Karrion Cross, for example, who I also believe has just had his 90 days... Uh, run down he is doing some control your narrative event with braun Strowman and ec3 and it could even be either of those two guys although they're not i, I don't think they're anywhere near the top of the list so i kind of don't think it's going to be carrying cross either and then you kind of go into new japan territory i suppose which obviously ties into the door bit because jay white loves talking about AEW. could absolutely be jay white although this person is signing a contract when they get there, that's the thing. They're going to have their match and sign a contract. So I'm pretty sure Jay White is still signed with New Japan. So that would be a bit weird, but don't forget it is storyline. So he probably would be able to, to get away with it. So it could be Jay White. You could have a Carter in there, which would be amazing. Maybe Ibushi is better. It could be him, which would be, you know, absolutely <laughs> flipping ridiculous. And I, I get it. They're signing a contract, which makes this a bit harder. But again, I go back to what I just said. You you can smoke and mirrors and bells and whistles. You can easily get around that. So yeah, we mentioned Jeff Hardy. And I think the only problem there is that his non-compete doesn't end until march i mean the way that this has all been uh you know what do you call it uh, sold is like whoever's coming in could just be making a fuss and be like oh i don't care you know i don't care that i'm under contract here but i think that would probably go badly for all parties involved so i do think jeff hardy's going to turn up now i think we're slowly going to turn matt hardy babyface could be one of the reasons why andrade got involved with the the hardy family office and uh, we'll go to the Hardy Boys in AEW, and they'll probably do a few with the Young Bucks, and I think it'll be absolutely tremendous. But I don't think it's going to happen here. Also, I don't think it's going to be a Bandido or a, Sean, a Shane Strickland just because... I don't know. I don't think you'd put that much hype behind those two, even though they're very, very talented. Johnny Gargano would be a good one, although obviously his wife is about to give birth, so does he want to you know, sort of throw himself into the mix so close to that? You'd probably say arguably not. And then you've got Samoa Joe as well. And I don't know what Samoa Joe's uh, details are because obviously he was an NXT talent. So that doesn't mean he only has a 30-day non-compete. And I actually think of everyone I've just said, Keith Lee or Samoa Joe would be right up there. I mean, Samoa Joe hasn't wrestled for so long for one reason or another that if he storms in, imagine yeah, if he storms in and, and does something with one of the people that you'd expect as well, I think it would absolutely be awesome. But I like all of this. I don't mind if I get disappointed by the reveal. I would much rather be hyped up and then be a bit like, oh, well, it's not as, you know, it's not as cool as I was hoping for than the other way of not having, of not having fun with it. Like to me, it's, it's just wrestling, right? It's just wrestling. I can get over it pr pretty, pretty quickly. And, and whoever it is, as long as they're used right, that's the most important thing. Because obviously AEW is just drowning in talent right now, which I think which I think is awesome. But yeah, if it was Keith Lee, if it was Samoa Joe, I'd get very excited, especially because you could do... Actually, in my dream world, I mean, they brought in Adam Cole as a heel, so I don't know why you couldn't try. Maybe MJF brings in Samoa Joe as backup, and you go right into the Samoa Joe versus CM Punk round four, whatever it would be. I think that would be, uh, that would be pretty awesome. But I do think it's the most exciting part of the week. I think a lot of people are talking about it, which I always enjoy. I like anything in wrestling which 
just gets people chatting and we'll know in around about 48 hours we'll know and everybody will be talking about it and we'll be happy and we'll be sad you can't please everyone i don't want to go on about this too much but it's true and there's so much wrestling on tv not all of it can be for you so even if something does take a hit and a miss for you just shrug your shoulders and move on it absolutely doesn't matter. And talking of which, we also had Raw <laughs> Raw last night. I didn't think it was that bad a show. And I think mostly because it was one of those shows where they didn't really take too many risks. Maybe because they got preempted onto sci-fi this week due to the Winter Olympics. They weren't on the USA Network. So, you know, it was one of those where, yeah, you just, you, you take it easy. And it was mostly... I mean, it was mostly just like segment talking match, segment talking match, segment talking match. I enjoyed everything with RK Bro. I think the three academic challenges have been really fun and hopefully something that WW remembers and does more of it. Like if only every single Raw opened with something like that, I always think a match is best. But rather than the long opening promo, if you can just sort of, you know, dress and dull it up a bit, I think you get away from some of the monotony straight away. Because when you know oh, it's going to be a guy coming out and talking and it's going to be interrupted, you know, you lose the spark and you lose the creativity and you lose the, well, just the shock nature. Well, shock's a bit much, but the surprise nature, the whole like, oh, what's going to happen? If you then fall into the same structure we've done a thousand times, obviously you're going to get a little bit bored. But yeah, Chad Gable is having a terrific 2022. Uh, we're now going to move on to that tag team match, not at the Elimination Chamber, because of course, Riddle is in the chamber. So I guess maybe WrestleMania will hold this off too. Seems a bit extreme right now, because that's like six weeks ago, but I suppose suppose you could. And the Alpha Academy beat the Street Profits. Now, I understand that the tag champions, but usually WWE doesn't care about them. So I truly do hope this is the cementing of them as a team. Make sure you come back and talk to me about this in two weeks when nobody is talking about them anymore. Cool stuff with MVP and Bobby Lashley being Bobby Lashley's hometown. He's going to hospitalize Brock Lesnar. He said hospital too. He did not say local medical facility, so that was interesting. Everything with Alexa Bliss we talked about a thousand times. I'm not going to talk about it again because as I said on ups and downs, nobody listens to me. I can sit here and go, here's my reasons why, and up, down, and left, right, and people just go, you piece of trash, so that's fine. You get mad at me. It's not a problem. And not a problem at all. A bigger talking point is everything with Damian Priest. Now, Damian Priest hadn't lost on the main roster ever since he was called up in terms of singles competition. Then we had all that stuff a couple of weeks ago, which WWE the week later did mention. But then last night on Raw, he takes on AJ Styles, which is fine. AJ Styles, awesome. Damian Priest is awesome. And he lost clean in the middle of the ring. And I kind of feel like WWE did this just to move away from the fact he had this win-loss record, which I just do not understand why. So instead of playing into it, they tried to delete it for good. It's kind of like what they did with Oscar. When Oscar came up and she was undefeated, they were desperate to get a loss on her books as soon as they could, just so they didn't have to figure out a way around it. And that, to me, is the exact reverse of what you want to be doing. Use this stuff. Even if you fall into it, like they did, don't forget, with the Undertaker streak. The Undertaker streak wasn't planned out from day one. It took all the way to 2000. 2005 and WrestleMania 21 when he fought Randy Orton when somebody went wait a minute the Undertaker has never lost at WrestleMania Randy Orton's a legend killer why don't we tie these two things up so they did so that means the likes of well he fought Triple H before that I mean Giant Gonzalez we don't need to talk about that one but Jimmy Snooker and all these guys none of them actually count until we get to that point so why you'd move away from this I don't know I don't even mind AJ Styles winning I would just love if it tied into the story I don't like this Jekyll and Hyde character that Priest is playing that much I think it's a little bit silly because well there's no meat and bones to it but if you are trying to turn him heel why the hell wouldn't you try and sell the narrative of what he's you know he can't handle himself anymore he had this win-loss record now it's going the wrong direction and so on and so forth but I kind of just feel like we've moved past it but we are going to get a US title match next week between AJ Styles and Damian Priest 
I'm not massively against AJ Styles winning and hopefully moving into a program with Edge. Was Edge ever US champion? He probably was. But if he wasn't, you could you know, that could be his whole point. You know, I want to start winning titles that I've never won before. But mostly, I just want AJ Styles versus Edge at WrestleMania. I don't know whether I'm going to get it or not. Miz, Dominic, Maurice, uh, Ray, Mysterio stuff is all fine. I mean, to me, that's very by the numbers, very WWE stuff. Don't understand why we had to do the rematch, but we did, and Dominic won after the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. I quite like the, 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 the Miz TV for it. Like, I thought it was very what you would expect. But I think Miz is just in a place now where he's able to, you know, he can just pull this stuff off. He just can. So fair play to that guy. And then there was a bunch of women's matches throughout the night as well, because <laughs> randomly, WWE just announced a few hours before Raw that it's going to be Bianca Belair, uh, who else is in it? Nikki Ash, Doudrop, Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, and a mystery entrant, which is kind of weird. I can't figure out who the hell that's going to be. Unless it's going to be Ronda Rousey, <laughs> and you get uh, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar title versus title, and you get Charlotte Flair versus Ronda title versus title, which WWE could do. And I shouldn't put it out there into the ether, because it may actually happen. But yeah... <laughs> Sorry, disappointing that we couldn't have at least have done a bit of a story for that, but hey-ho, not that hugely surprising. And it did lead to a few matches. Like, we had Liv Morgan versus... I can't... Dewdrop. And we had Bianca Belair versus... No, was that, I'm so confused who was fighting who. It was Bianca Belair and Nikki Ash. That's who it was. And they were all fine. Like, they were nothing super-duper exciting, but at least we were able to carve it into something. We'll have um, two Elimination Chamber matches on the pay-per-view. And for anybody that does care, I'm actually, I will not be upping those down to that. Somebody else will be. I'm actually taking a few days off next week, which means there may not be a podcast either. I'm going to try and record a generic one to put up, but I have so much to do. It may not be possible, but it's just going to be one week. I'm literally taking the first break I've taken in two years. I didn't realize it was two years until somebody mentioned this on Twitter randomly. I don't know whether they just, it just occurred to them or they looked. But yeah, I, I, I have done constant, consistently done youtube in terms of not missing an ups and downs for two years since february 2020 i mean a huge reason for that is because there was a global pandemic however i think it's only fair that i do spend some time with my girlfriend the poor the poor lady so uh yeah i'll throw that one in there as well so i will not be watching well i will be watching the saudi arabia show but i will be watching it as hmm not as a fan because i'm not a fan of those shows but in order to keep up with the consistent the consistent storylines Kevin Owens versus Austin Theory tied into the problem with WWE in general. After losing last week, Kevin Owens just won. And I thought this was because they were going to put him in the chamber, but then it was made very clear that he's not going to go in. I mean, maybe Austin Theory is winning the WWE title at the pay-per-view, so it doesn't matter, but I doubt that hugely. But my only issue with it was if it doesn't even seem like we have a story for Kevin Owens right now because he bumped into Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville and they were like, oh, you may not even be at WrestleMania, which would be absurd given that it's two nights and they better not do that. But right now, to me, it just feels like we should be shining a light on Austin Theory. And Kevin Owens, of most people on the roster, could survive two losses. I wouldn't personally enjoy it, but that's a huge thing you can play up, especially with Austin Theory going to that uh, going to that show. But again, it's just something that they do. For some reason, they feel like they need to keep the entire card at the same level. And nobody can get a leg up on anybody else. Everyone has to be balanced around. And it can be a little disappointing, because like I say, any uh, momentum that I felt like Austin Theory had last week after getting a win over someone that I deem a superstar was then retracted instantly and you're like well why why did we even do it especially when you also did it with Miz and Dominic you know it's, it's the same kind of thing it's like google mapping to your own house I will always use that analogy because I was very proud of it when I came when I came up with it it's like you, you stand on your doorstep you google map to your house and you're already there you know like, what did I achieve nothing 
So I would have much preferred it, even with Dominic and The Miz, if The Miz had won again. And then maybe use that to play into the story between Dominic and Ray. Uh, I don't know. Uh, RK Bro, they had all these skits throughout the night. They're always good. We know this. Uh, Veer is still coming to Raw. It's got boring now <laughs> because everything, you can't you can't do that forever. I'm so worried that Veer is going to turn up next week on Raw and I'm away. I'll be devastated. All this time and I missed the damn debut. But either way, I'll get over it because again, it's, it's massively jumped the shark. I like everything between Becky Lynch and Lita. I think it's a nice program for a Saudi Arabia show. What I mean by that is that if you're going to do it, do it on what traditionally has been an event when WWE doesn't care that much. Now, it actually wasn't the same for the one end of last year. I felt like they put a lot of effort into that. But again, that's one out of six, seven, or eight. We don't need to talk about my feelings on that. We, we, we've done it before. Uh, but I like it. I think, I think it's quite good. It's good to, see, good to see Lita back. And the main event would have rocked. Seth Rollins versus Riddle. I totally believe it's the first time ever in a singles uh, competition. Why I thought we were going to do anything else, I don't know. I mean, more for me, <laughs> to be completely honest with you. But it was just WWE's favorite thing. Well, we've got Riddle, who we consider on a certain level. We've got Seth Rollins, who we consider on a certain level. We'll just keep them there. Because as soon as Riddle was in charge, here came Kevin Owens. He caused the DQ. It then magically turned into a tag match, as it always does. And what was extra ridiculous about this one is that Riddle lost after Seth Rollins curb stomped him. So you're like, why can't you do that? <laughs> in the singles match i don't know and also why don't you just advertise a tag team match to begin with so it was all very strange but i will say despite the the craziness that raw always brings it's i i, I, I wasn't offended by it i was never bored i was it felt a little elongated uh, uh this week because um they had I wouldn't say less commercials, but they did the commercials in a in a slightly different way. But it's kind of different over here in the UK, the way they format it anyway. But yeah, it, it, some sections did feel a little bit long, but that's fine. I mean, long just means it's a bit dull. It's a three-hour show. You're always going to suffer from that. It's the craziness and the stupidness that, that, that always gets me. I tell you, if Raw was a two-hour show, I actually think it would be, um, I don't want to sound too disparaging, but I think it would be quite decent. I think it would be quite tight. I almost think in many. I think it would make more sense than some of the Attitude Era shows, which were, uh, were were properly crazy. I mean, they had a certain madness to them, which I think which I think people enjoyed. But it's the extra hour that really kills you because again, it just takes the thing and it extends and expands it for so long. You're like, oh man, this is this is absolutely just wearing me out. <laughs> it's just it's, it just does. But we shall see. Like I said, we're moving to SmackDown, and then we got two more shows next week for another pay per view, which seems way too soon. And then after that, so that's going down the nineteenth. We are one week, two week, three week, four weeks, five six weeks away from WrestleMania. Is that right? Six weeks from WrestleMania after is that right there? That's nineteenth. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I think it's about six weeks after that when we. Yeah, we get to that April weekend with WrestleMania. I think, I mean, the card is kind of shaping up. I cannot believe it's not going to be Roman Reigns versus Brock. I mean, that's pretty much cemented in right on SmackDown. SmackDown was a crazy show this week as well. SmackDown, I really like SmackDown, but they just repeated the same show from seven days ago and some angles that they'd done from the last few weeks. It was absolutely bizarre, but... And the Goldberg, Goldberg coming back, I just, again, it's the whole Saudi Arabia thing. I expect it for that show. That's just what people do. So yeah, I don't mind. I, I don't mind massively. I don't think he's going to beat Roman Reigns. I think that would be ridiculous. Mate, everyone's saying, oh, what if Brock Lesnar comes out and screws him? Well, then it doesn't matter anyway, because he's just going to be a placeholder for somebody to beat him at WrestleMania anyway. I personally wouldn't do that, 
But I don't think I'd be massively offended. I'd move on. we get to April anyway and he'd be gone. Although I'd much rather somebody else got put in that position. I have no idea what they're going to do with Bobby Lashley. Again, Roman Brock got it. Ronda, Charlotte got it. I think it's going to be Becky versus Bianca Belair. I think Bianca Belair will win in the chamber, get the number one contender shot. I suppose Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens, which I'd be more than happy with. And then you could turn Seth face, which makes sense. But yeah, like Bobby Lashley. I mean, it's going to be Bobby Lashley versus... I mean, some some kind of... I don't know, because I think it'd be Drew. I was going to say some kind of interpromotional thing, but I think Drew will be taken on Happy Corbin. So, I mean, you go through the Raw roster. I mean, Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley seems a bit weird. Seems a bit strange. I, I, hopefully, it's going to be AJ Styles versus Edge. So that takes those two people out of the equation. Who else is in that chamber? I can't even remember now because it's just one of those things. Elimination Chamber 2022. There it is. And in the chamber is Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, Riddle, AJ Styles. We'd have to imagine that Riddle and Randy Orton are going to be involved in something, either against each other or in a tag team match. AJ Styles I'm putting with Edge. Austin Theory we have booked as a potential opponent. And Seth versus Kevin, essentially. So that's nah, going to be interesting to see where you're going. So I don't think that in terms, I'm sure they have a card, but it's not looking obvious from watching the television at the moment. And do they do Ray versus Dominic too, which was planned at one point. If you're caring about that card as well, obviously you've got that Elimination Chamber match for the WWE title. Becky Lynch versus Lita for the Raw Women's title. Becky Lynch will win that. Usos versus the Viking Raiders for the SmackDown tag titles. Usos are absolutely winning that if SmackDown last week is anything to go by. Roman Reigns versus Goldberg for the Universal title. I think there's a tiny outside chance that Goldberg wins, but I don't think it would be a good idea. And this is the last deal on his contract. I would just let Roman Reigns beat him, another notch on his belt, and then finally decide who the hell's going to take Roman down and pass some of that power across. Drew McIntyre versus Mad Cat Moss should be good. Mad Cat Moss is very underrated. I like Happy Corbin and Drew McIntyre is great. I imagine Drew would win there too. And yeah, the Elimination Chamber for the Raw Women's title is TBA. Who is that TBA? Versus Nikki Ash, Doudrop, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan. Now... There's every chance that TBA is that WWE hasn't figured it out yet. <laughs> don't know who it's going to be. But I suppose you do have Lacey Evans waiting to do a comeback. You have Bailey waiting to do a comeback. Um, there's probably somebody else. Oscar, there you go. I mean, that's, I'd go with Oscar. If she's ready, I'd put her there. But then she really needs to win, unless you're going to do an angle where somebody else takes her out. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. We shall have to wait and see uh, what goes on with all of that. In terms of other stuff that's been going on, Daniel Bryan got announced for the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame, which I thought was nice because you've ever seen Ring of Honor with Daniel Bryan in it, or Brian Danielson, whatever we're calling him. Uh, truly, truly good stuff. Like, really, really... Uh, well, I guess it's not going to be as surprising now because you've seen him in AEW. But uh, for the people I know, for the people that had never seen him uh, doing all that stuff and then just got the WWE version, it was like, oh man, that's pretty, <laughs> you know, that's pretty damn good. So I, th I thought that was cool. And otherwise, yeah, it's mostly just the shows from last week. SmackDown, I thought was all over the place. I really don't understand why. Like, it's so strange. Abs <laughs> absolutely, absolutely baffling. Like, I like the Ronda Rousey Charlotte stuff at the end, like I did. I kind of like the tease of Becky Lynch and this was a much better Ronda Rousey. So I thought it ended decently, but yeah, I mean, the new day, Big E just being back on SmackDown breaks my heart. Not because he's back on SmackDown, because apparently that's the end of his singles push. And you're like, how? You did not do right by Big E at all. Like, I get you want to try things and people go, well, he didn't do much for ratings. What chance did he have? The money in the bank cash-in, I'm now happy to go back retroactively and say was way too rushed. Like, it didn't really feel like a big baby face win. And it was fine at the time because he got the belt on Big E, and I totally believe that WWE would do right by him. I thought he was going to win the Royal Rumble. So more for me. But now when you look at it, I don't put any of the blame when you were talking about ratings or successes or whatever on Big E's shoulders. I think it was a WWE thing. I mean, they didn't, they didn't book him like Roman Reigns, did he? 
silly. And that's what you should be doing with all your champions. They should be built like Roman Reigns. They feel like last level bosses. So look, I love seeing the New Day together. They're one of my favorite groups ever. I think Kobe Kingston rocks. And I think Xavier Woods rocks. But yeah, I don't, I don't, it's just such a shame that this is how, and hopefully I'm wrong. And hopefully all those rumors out there aren't true. But just to move him back to SmackDown for no real reason and slip him back in the New Day with no story, didn't even bother to do that, although that's more reflective of WWE than it is uh, the Big E. I just think it's crazy. I just think it's nuts. And pff, that's all I got. <laughs> it's like, and the Naomi Sonya Deville thing was bizarre too. Literally got a match against Charlotte Flair next week or this week now, just because. I have no idea. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what's going on. Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Again, you see, also weird. Shinsuke won because, of course, he did. Anything with Sami Zayn is awesome. And we had, it was, the, it was these three matches. So you had Natalia versus Aaliyah, which was the same as last week. You had uh, the, the Jimmy and um, Eric match, whatever it was, which didn't really do much of anything. And then you just had, you know, you had Ricochet defeating Ridge Holland, and that magically turned into a tag match. <laughs> which is what exactly what they did on Raw. And when you put all those stuff together, it does... Oh, look, I like SmackDown a lot. It is awesome. And most of the time, they just, they just drop the ball. And I, I really do think Rampage is finding its switch over to AEW because I haven't talked about Rampage. I think we ever talk about Rampage. But I really think Rampage is starting to find its own identity too. It does. It is starting to feel different to, to Dynamite from me. Like they're doing little things that like we had an Andrade entrance distraction and i get it sports entertainment but they don't do it that much and because i don't think they're ever going to do it on dynamite yes let's take all these little things that you know resting tropes so to speak and let's paste them all over to rampage it's not crazy you know you want to use them which is why i love the dq so much between mercedes martinez and uh thunder rosa i believe we have done three dqs total in aew there was the punk uh, so the mjf one when punk screwed him when uh pack and omega were having the iron man match there was a dq and that and now there's this one and this one was a massive story so you know from nowhere mercedes martinez gets a pipe she smacks thunder rosa right in the head and as it turns out Britt baker had paid her off to say look take her out of the game she didn't want her to win because obviously the more wins thunder rosa gets the closer she gets to the championship this went bad because while she did take her out it still counts as a w so there's so many layers to it so that's what people go oh you wouldn't like if wwe did it yes because in wwe they do it all the time and that's the problem if you do something all the time it does lose its law it does lose its impact it's the law of diminishing returns which i say all the time and i don't want to say it because it's dull but when AEW doesn't do it and also makes it part of the story it really makes it fascinating like what a good storytelling device and wwe can do this i mean people just forget what i say in ups and downs but i've said so many times that the reason it doesn't hit as hard as when WWE does get it right is because usually eight minutes beforehand, there was another one. It's like the, the, the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. The surprise roll. That's a great finish and one that Pat Patterson basically mastered. But when you do it all the time, when you finally get one right, you're like, man, who cares? And you shrug your shoulders. You just, it, it starts to feel like a, like a crutch, like a get-out-of-jail-free card, which again, going back to Raw last night, was the same thing. We'll do a DQ, get to the tag match, and then we can protect Riddle because technically RK bro loft and not, and not Riddle in a, in a singles match. And that just starts making me personally roll your eyes. And again, if you don't feel that way, more power to you. I was very upset that Adam Cole basically squashed Evil Uno. That's because I'm a massive nerd and I love Evil Uno. Uh, Adam Cole's going to go after the championship. Probably when Lance Archer loses to Hangman Adam Page, but that's what we should do. Like Adam Cole versus Lance Archer, I'm sure would be a good feud, but it's nowhere near as good as Hangman Adam Page, babyface, versus Adam Cole, sniveling, now arrogant heel. 
And I think we should do that. I think it's a great pay-per-view match too. And then after that, really, if Hangman Adam Page is going to win, Maxwell Jacob Friedman should be the man. But again, we'll have to wait and see. And the last match between, I don't know how we talked about everything here, but the last match between Jay Lethal and Ricky Starks for the FTW title I thought was really good. And that finish, oh my word, finish was so good I tweeted a gif out. So many people go, that was a fluke, that wasn't very good. This is why wrestling is dead. I'm like, man, you, I don't think you have to be a wrestler to have an opinion on wrestling. I think you can watch one wrestling match and you can crap all over it if you want. It's your life and more power to you. But if you're going to say something like that, I completely change my tune. That is so difficult to pull off. And if you really don't think it was, you're either trolling, which is fine, you can be that guy, or you just don't get it and it goes over your head. Doesn't mean you have to like Ricky Starks. Doesn't mean you have to like Jay Lethal. Doesn't mean you have to like AEW. Don't like the FDW title or Team Taz. But the skill and the timing it takes to pull it off as well as they did, to the point it basically looked like a video game, like he just smashed R2, I thought was absolutely tremendous. So more power to those guys. I mean, the whole match was really good anyway, but ending it like that, really icing on the cake. Icing on the cake, as they say. I thought it was, uh, yeah, I thought it was damn awesome. Uh, before we do segue into questions, I want to thank the patrons that signed up this week. Thank you so much for allowing me to do this. Uh, Philip Ino, Greg Mitchell, Claire Flood, and uh day thomas all with amazing names thank you so much especially to you greg because you went in at the very top of the tier i mean it sounds horrible it's, uh, thanks to all of you and i appreciate you all but i was just massively surprised but seriously each and every single one of you you help so much so thank you for coming aboard and allowing me to do this podcast and like i say we also have some questions which i shall answer now and we shall start with mr moo who says hey simon love the show thank you i don't think adam page will have a long title reign and could see him losing the title only to win it back later this year year a part of me thinks lance archer may win the upcoming match but assuming he doesn't who do you reckon will be the next champ well mr moo that's fantastic that AEW has made you feel like that because i've gone completely the opposite way i don't think there's a hope in hell that lance archer wins which is why we went kind of over the top with the beating he gave the cowboy but that's good that's what we should have done as long as the match is uh, entertaining it has a couple of near falls where i buy i'll bought in but this is you know that doesn't matter either i'm not mad that i haven't sort of completely succumbed to this oh my gosh the threat you can't get it right every single time. And I suppose just by the way they've been treated before this and the way they treat their world championships, it would just seem so out of left field for Lance Archer to win, which is why they should probably do it in many ways because then you've taught the audience, well, you should stop being so arrogant now, shouldn't you? So, uh, but no, I don't think he will. And I do think his next opponent will be Adam Cole. Um, I don't think Adam Cole will win. I think we'll then get to Maxwell Jacob Freeman. I think MJF will win the championship. And then I think we may even do some kind of Punk MJF title feud too. And maybe CM Punk wins there. If you have a short title reign, probably not a bad idea to do it with MJF because people can just rag on him so much. He'll get even more mad. But we'll have to see. But that would be my, my crazy fantasy booking. Ashley says, what are the chances of you being on the losing end of a heated feud? And as a last resort, calling upon your ego, Derek Manpower, that's my NXT name, somebody asked me, to get you over the line, a la Mick Foley and Cactus Jack. Dude, I don't need to be on the losing end of a feud. I want to be Derek Manpower right now. That may have been a joke that I came up with last second when my brain was scrambling for ideas. But if WWE or anybody wants to hire me and change my name, I will willingly be Derek Manpower. Jamie says, if you had a book, uh, if you had to book the wrestling multiverse through the forbidden door, how would you do it? Oh man, like a whole event. I'll give you three, three top matches. I mean, Kenny Omega versus Roman Reigns, because I think, you know, Roman is the top guy in WWE and Kenny is the top guy in, in AEW. Or it, when, when they were both smashing at the same time, I really wanted to see that match. Um... 
Brock Lesnar versus who would be awesome? Darby Allen. <laughs> Just because I think it'd be fun, but booked by AEW, not by WWE. We're live. And also, I think Britt Baker versus Sasha Banks. I think most people want to see that. But you've got Akada, Suzuki, a bunch of other guys. It's too crazy. You'd really have to sit down, and the politics and the ego of that would make it near impossible. Matt says, if Austin Theories versus Shane McMahon does happen at Mania, does a hooded figure interfere to give Shane the win just for it to be revealed to be Vince on Raw so he could say, it was me, Austin? <laughs> also, who do you think is more likely to turn on Impact, Rhino or Eddie Edwards? I'd actually love it if they did that, but I think the Shane McMahon thing is pretty cut and dry now. He's either the scapegoat for the Rumble because it did not go well in terms of uh, a general consensus, or he just he lost his mind one day and he had to be sent home. So we'll have to wait and see. But I would take an Eddie. I'll always take Vincent Mango and it was me, Austin. And I think Rhino probably more than Eddie Edwards, although Eddie Edwards hasn't been healed for a while. So maybe both. Impact. It's a good show, you know. You should watch it. MFBMJ says, hey, legend. It's very nice. Your shows are the best. Keep on doing what you do. Since Adam Cole will be challenging Haddon Page for the title next, who do you think should win? Do you prefer the Cowboy to retain or Bay Bay should be the next champion? And why? Have a lovely vacation. Thanks, man. Uh, no, like I said, I think MJF, um, Hangman should win and go on to MJF. And Adam Cole will be fine. He'll be just fine because he's absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Another question about Shane McMahon and Austin Theory. So we'll move past that. Daytona says, congrats on your progress hosting and being on the network. Thank you. I've been watching and it's awesome. My question, if you could pick a current UK indie wrestler to wrestle someone from a mainstream US company, who would it be and who would it be against? Well, yes, I would just quick shout out to everybody in Manchester for Progress 128 for being so kind, apart from the crazy heckler at the top. Uh, as it was my second show, of course, the negative Nancys are now out. Out, but that's fine like i just genuinely appreciate the engagement and i appreciate the words and the feedback and all those kind of things i mean before recently it would have been volta versus a drew mcintyre versus a brock lesnar versus a bobby lashley you know proper versus a Big E, proper man meat but he is now technically on nxt so a uk indie wrestler uh that's not myself you've also pointed out who would i book and why i'd probably book cara noir who's currently the Progress World Champion, which sounds like a time, but it's not. But I'm trying to think of over-the-top gimmicks here, and his is one of the best. And I would probably put him against... Oh man, there's really not crazy... Maybe like Alistair Black. I mean, that's not what I would do at all. But I'm going with it, so there you go. <laughs> We're done. Uh, Million says, do you think the Young Bucks have lost a bit of star power since they've been more mainstream? No. I, I No, no. I've now convinced that the Young Bucks are the best tag team ever. And people go crazy when I say that, but I genuinely think it. And I'm never going to change my mind unless someone better comes along. But that will take a few years because they have to establish themselves. I think they're underrated. <laughs> genuinely, I think they're that good. The Green Lantern said, I would love your opinion on Kevin Nash. He's one of my favorites, and I feel some wrestling fans are very harsh and unfair towards him. Well, I'm slightly biased because when I asked him for an interview at the All In Starcast event... And when I mentioned it was for YouTube, he laughed and told me to fuck off. So there's, <laughs> there's always going to be a little bit of like, that wasn't very nice. You could have just said no. But I don't really have any strong feelings on Kevin Nash. Either way, uh, I always enjoyed him in WCW, apart from towards the end. I like the Diesel character, apart from obviously, the, you know, what we know. And I I like how open he is in, in shoot interviews, etc. I think he's, he's a very open book, which makes for a great interview, which is massively important. But no, I think he had... Uh, a, a good impact on the business. I hate saying that on the industry. And he got it in many ways. I, there, there are a few people that get it as much as him. Um, in the, I mean, 
That doesn't mean that politics doesn't come into play. But I think if you sat down and talked to him and Scott Hall about wrestling, you go, okay, you completely understand how this works. You're very, very smart towards it, I suppose. Trone says, hey, man, wondering if you're going to play my gem mode on 2K22. Would love to see how you'd book shows. I mean, if I've got time, absolutely. I'm excited about this game. Already see the naysayers coming out, but I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. I know the last one sucked, but I also got to assume a lot of effort has gone into this one. So I don't want to poo-poo it until I play it. Chris says, what is the likelihood that WWE will put forth more effort into character development storylines versus bringing back nostalgia acts to compensate for their inability to produce stars? Well, I mean, at the moment, you have to go with the nostalgia acts. I mean, Lita's back, Goldberg's back. Uh, there'll probably be other people coming back for WrestleMania. And they do need to build new stars, which again, I think that's the other reason the 50-50 booking kind of gets to me sometimes. I wouldn't say that I'm a super-duper Austin Theory guy, but I'd love him to be treated like the guy and we can see if it clicks. But for some reason, we always seem to go the other way. Magic Mark says, what's your opinion on WWE more than likely going with the unification title match for Mania? Actually, I don't think they're going to do it, but I hope you're right, Mark. If you were booking it, would you go in that direction? And if not, what direction would you go for the WWE title? Well, I'd somehow get it on Seth and do Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. So basically what we were going to do with Jericho and Owens back in the day, I'd I'd almost be tempted to have Owens win. (laughs) I think that would be really, really fun. But that's what I would do. I don't think we're going to do title versus title. I would like it. But I'd only like it if we only have one world champion that hovers between Raw and SmackDown. I don't think that WWE is going to do it. But I think one champion is so much more interesting than two. Especially when one belt is called Universal Champion. Which is stupid. (laughs) Uh, Mercs the Maverick says, Hey Simon, hope you're doing well. With all the legends still coming out looking incredible. I like that positivity. How would you book a past and present show? I would put Chad Gable against a prime Kurt Angle. Yes, I would do Chad Gable versus Kurt Angle. Uh, I would do Dan Seven versus Riddle. That's right. I said it. I would do... It's so hard. I mean, if we could just bring people back, I would bring Brian Danielson versus Bret Hart. That match would make me so happy. Or CM Punk versus Bret Hart. That would also be good. I mean, there's so many. I mean, they're really, really, really good. I, I want to see Goldberg versus Big E because how much that would be to, to Big E. I mean, yeah, you could do that. I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus a Punk. They could do that. Or Stone Cold Steve Austin versus... I mean, who's got sort of... Who's quite... Drew McIntyre or something? Nah, that doesn't really work. It's not really the same. The point is that you could do this all day and it would make you go crazy. And then WWE would do it and it'd be like the invasion. You'd be sad. Uh, II says, given the chance, would you ever start your own promotion and who would be your first signing? No, absolutely not. I have seen promoters run shows, more power to them, fair play to their promotional skills and handling of egos. It is not hard. I'd much rather be the talent, as it's called, as silly as that sounds. Steven says, what match or event do you wish you were in attendance for? WrestleMania 17. think that would be pretty good. Uh, Million says, do you believe Hangman is a lackluster champion compared to Bobby and Roman? Uh, no, I just think we're taking it slowly and we're getting going with it. I think once we get to the Adam Cole feud, it will really light up and almost the slow start will benefit it. So when you do it in a match, start slow and big. Sam says, hey, Simon, hope you're well. Have you had any mishaps in the ring from mishearing a call or simply forgetting a move or cue? If so, what was the worst one? Dude, I mean, there's not a worse one because about 900 of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've done deer in the headlights moments many a time. I mean, usually you're in there with somebody more experienced than you than obvious reasons. And they'll come take a hold or they'll call something to you. But no, so many times somebody has said something in my ear. I'm like, I don't know what that is. So nine times out of 10, I just run at them and hope they hit me. <laughs> and they usually do because, again, they're a pro and they know what they're doing. But uh, yeah, there's loads. It just happens. It's part of the beast. If you're going to do it, you have to accept that sometimes your whole body and brain are just going to shut down. It's not fun and you feel terrible. But the more you do it, the better you get. Uh, Alex says, if you had to create the perfect, most indestructible pro wrestler, how would you go about it? I'm not reading that last bit. 
Um, I don't know. I mean, Brock Lesnar, probably, to be honest. He's pretty, he's pretty, pretty close. Uh, Mr. Tom says, congrats on the progress gig. Thank you very much. Do you get a chance to chat with the wrestlers backstage much there? And if so, swerve. Well, he's on the, he's on the February 20th show, so he hasn't come over yet. But yeah, no, of course. Uh, at the Manchester show, I always talk to everyone. I like to know what they're getting up to. I like to say hello. I like to be polite, of course. Uh, Jonathan Gresham was there. So I had a quick chat with him. Very, very nice dude. But no, I like to think I'm part of the overall team, if that makes sense. I mean, I'm sure some people don't like me, but that's just life. I'm not saying specifically this person doesn't like me. I mean, that's just the way of the world, right? But no, it feels like a nice community there. And yes, and I'll, I'll say hello to Swerve and have a chat. I mean, sometimes I get to be a little bit involved in angles. So, you know, it's cool to it's cool to talk to them about that as well. But no, absolutely. It's an open book there, an open house. Very, very cool. Nick says, will Veer come to Raw? Probably next week when I'm away, like I say, and I'll be absolutely devastated. The Kingsman said, with the, Rum show, uh, with the Rumble being all right, do you think WWE will have a shock winner other than Lashley retaining or Lesnar winning? The Elimination Chamber, I think you mean. I can see Reigns coming out through the chamber like Shawn Michaels and costing Lesnar the win. Yeah, I mean, you could do that. But that definitely means that Brock Lesnar's winning at WrestleMania. You can't have Roman Reigns cost him twice and Brock not get his win back. So I, I can see shenanigans, though, yes. And you can get away with that because it is, um, it is uh, the Elimination Chamber. So there's no rules, essentially. Uh, Junosh, I hope that's right, says, My question is, what's your favorite NXT TakeOver match? Greetings from Germany and have a great day. It was the Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano one in New York around WrestleMania 35, but mostly because I was there and I saw that crazy spot they did at the end through the table. And after that, I was like, well, you guys just absolutely rock. And he says, what is the best finisher in the history of all of sports entertainment and why is it the surprise roll-up? Exactly. It is a surprise roll-up, quickly followed by the stunner, quickly followed by the Rikishi driver, which is still amazing. Michael says, says, have all the wrestlers released in 2020-21, who do you believe has been a breakout star? Well, Matt Cardona, I guess. I mean, in terms of grabbing the ball by the horns and smashing it, it's got to be him. Uh, Charles says, do you ever watch matches to study them and better your own ring work? Oh, dude, multiple times a day. I mean, when I'm doing ups and downs, I'm not just making notes. I'm going, that was interesting. Why did they do that? Can I incorporate it? Yes. Oh, man, all the time. You you have to to do that. And you mentioned matches and wrestlers that I have watched. I'm watching Mid-South at the moment on the network because it has a oddly modern style i mean not the flippy dippy doodah stuff but the intensity and the aggression so i'm trying to borrow stuff from that too but yeah you got to watch you got to learn you got to study that's almost as important as the stuff you do in the ring Corey says do you think the riddle has a chance to win the belt at the chamber i do because i think randy Orton versus riddle for the title given how good their chemistry has been is actually a decent match i would hold it off but if you want to do it hell yeah zanzara says do you have any specific goals for your wrestling and acting this year does one support or intersect with the other? I mean, not at the moment. I was looking at my wrestling bookings the other day and I need more shows. I mean, a lot of that is because I haven't reached out to people because I'm coming back from injury. But yes, I need to do that. And as for acting, I'm not sure. Like, I'm still getting used to that. Thank you to everyone, by the way, who was very kind about my show reel. That's right, I uploaded it. It's on my Twitter and Instagram at Simon316. Probably go to Instagram. It's easier to find now because Twitter gets buried so quick. Um, but people are very kind and some people are not so kind, which is good. I take all feedback on board. And uh, I mean, look, I'm going to acting school in April. I was able to audition for one and somehow got in. No idea how. So I'm going to do that. I'm getting headshots, which all sounds ridiculous. I grant you, if you just rolled your eyes, I, I, I am with you. But I like it. It's, it's something that uh, scares me, much like, you know, wrestling does as well before a match. And I love that feeling. So we'll see. Ultimately, and I mean this on a small scale. I'm not talking about Hollywood. But if I could get cast in something, a commercial, a TV show, not a TV show, but like a short 
that would be a nice little thing. And we'll take it from there. Same thing I did with my wrestling. Do one match. You enjoy it. See how it plays out. There'll be successes. There'll be failures. Remember that it's about the experiences and keep on smashing it. Uh, Ashley says, hey, Simon, what are your thoughts on the WCW logo used between uh, 99 and 2001? Oh, dude, I don't even remember it. I mean, <laughs> try and find it. WCW. That's a great question. Logo 2001. Oh, that one. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I think I prefer the old one. That's probably nostalgia talking. But I don't really get worried about names and logos. You, you quickly get used to this stuff and you move on. Joe says, how did you get to meet Shotty Horror? He was at the Progress Show and we only got to fist bump. I need to catch up with him properly, but he's a good guy. And hopefully I have some news about, I won't say anything else, but you, him and I should have some news soon. So hopefully we can uh, throw it out there. Johnny says, who are some of your favorite commentators and how important is the commentator for selling wrestling? Essential. If you have a bad commentator, the whole thing's going to fall down because it's the first thing that a viewer hears. Uh, Jim Ross will be up there. Grilla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan, Heenan. I did like Vince McMahon because I like the one, two, oh, I didn't do it. Uh, Paul Heyman, I always thought was really good. Oh, man, there'd be so many people. I mean, Mauro Ronaldo, excellent. Tony Schiavone, brilliant. I'm a big fan of Excalibur these days. Uh, I think uh, Tom, I can't can't remember his name now because it's changed to his real name, but Tom Phillips I always thought was good. Not one of my favorites ever, but I thought he had something that they could have have led into. But my favorite ever is Jim Ross. It just is. I think he's the... I think he's the absolute man. King says, I am shocked you gave that 24-7 champion segment an up. How do you think WWE can rehab it? Dude, I gave it an up for all the wrong reasons. Don't get me wrong. Hopefully that came across. I was laughing because it was so terrible. And I thought to myself, what am I watching here? I'm entertained. And if I'm entertained, how the hell can I give it down? That breaks my whole system. So it can't redeem it now. It's an unredeemable belt because it doesn't make any sense. But if they are going to use it to be stupid, then more power to them. I'd rather they focus on the US title Intercontinental Championships because they actually have worth to them and we never do anything with them, which is nuts. Uh, Von says, what are the actual details of a no-compete clause? I mean, I've never seen one, so I don't know. The major thing we do know is that most have a non-compete built into them, even 30, 60, or 90 days, and you're basically paid by the company for those for that period, so you can't go work for anybody else. But at least you are still being paid. Um, where uh, Do you think, Simply Sully says, a trio's tag championship should be an AEW? I do, because they have the teams to do it, and that's all you need to do. Um, do wrestlers ever have to go to the toilet during a match, says Mark? I mean, yeah, some wrestlers have booed themselves. Some wrestlers have weed themselves. Especially when you take a bump, sometimes things just go bad, and it's not fun. Gareth says, is WWE in freefall? Well, the fact they just recorded their record profits, they made over a billion dollars? I'm going to go with no. <laughs> you look, you don't have to like their product, that's fine, but they're making, a, they're making a lot of money. Connor says, what's your best piece of advice for someone who wants to be as positive as you are? Remember that nobody is positive every single day, and you try and put a positive spin on things, but it's okay to be down, it's okay to be upset. Try not to stay there, because melancholy or misery loves company, and melancholy will get you. But uh, when you explore those emotions, it's far easier to be positive on the other side. Richard said, how much would you need to be paid to do a full-blown death match with Nick Gage? Well, I say a lot of money, but if it was a big arena and it was a good opportunity, you'd do it, right? Because that's what it's all about. And James says, do you prefer being a heel or face in the ring? You seem a more natural baby face. Well, a lot of people say that, but UPW, check out Ultimate Pro Wrestling, their last show. Uh, when I defended my title as the Bruce, I am a heel there. I'm the moneymaker, Simon Miller. I wear a stupid hat, a stupid scarf, and stupid sunglasses, and just try to act like the biggest asshole of all time. Not saying it's better than my babyface stuff, not saying vice versa, but 
I'm enjoying it a lot. Not because I don't enjoy my good guy stuff, because I do. But with my good guy stuff, I've got to be me, right? People have seen me on YouTube, which I'm very blessed for, but you don't want to pull the wool over their eyes too much. But with the bad guy stuff, because we've created a character and because we're still tying into the YouTube stuff, it allows me to have a lot more fun with it from a persona point of view. And that is something I'm really enjoying. It's influenced my work in the ring because you have to play up to it from a certain point. So... Yeah, I don't think there is a right or wrong or a good or bad. I think it's excellent all around. But right now, it's absolutely the hill stuff that I'm enjoying the best. And if, if you could go, the first three minutes are free. So search for Ultimate. Um, I'll tell you right now, actually, rather than me just throw throw stuff at you. You're like, well, I don't know what that means. If you go to, dun, 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 is this going to work? Am I going to be able to find it? Yes. So if you just search for UPW Plus, the ultimate on-demand subscription for UPW, the first three minutes are free. If you want to pay, great. If you don't, don't worry about it. But you get some clips of my character in there. So watch it and let me know what you think. And if it sucks, that's all right as well. Again, I'll take all feedback. If you could try and be um, uh, creative, that would, uh, no, it's not just a creative, sorry, constructive, that would be always good. But if you want to tell me I suck, I'm an idiot, that's also good too. And on that note, we will draw a line under this podcast. Thank you for joining me as always. Um, we'll do another one in a few days. But like I say, thank you very much to everyone. Subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com, for us Simon316. I can't do this without you. YouTube channel, Simon Miller, grillamind.com, for us Simon. Get 10% off, use code Simon. Supplements I actually use and like. Uh, I'm on Cameo if you want to shout out. Twitter and Instagram at Simon316. Come give me a follow. We've mentioned the UPW stuff. Check out my acting show reel if you want to give me feedback on that as well. I'm just asking you to rate me, basically. Please give me a review. But mostly, what else we got? Enjoy Dynamite tomorrow with the crazy surprise. We shall see who it is. Enjoy SmackDown. Enjoy whatever the hell is going on over the weekend. There'll be something I have forgotten. But more importantly, thank you very much for your time. And I'll talk to you again soon.